Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stephen. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Um, whole thing uh, for my, he didn't know this, but when he created this Red, Letter, Red Letters Living PowerPoint, he created it just for this message, because this morning I'm actually preaching on Follow Me, um, which is up there twice, so um, it's really good, so thanks for that, mate, it's really good. Um, but if you don't know, my name's Chris, I am the uh, youth pastor here at Bay Life Church, and um, yeah, all you can give me a cheer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <feel> <laughs> But, you know, God is doing an amazing, amazing thing in, in this church and he's doing such amazing stuff within our youth and I love seeing the house full of young people. I love seeing this house full of, full of youth and, and energy and, and passion and I just want to encourage you guys to, to never, you know, take church for granted because for me when I was growing up, it was something that actually grew me so much. It was something that made my foundation in God so solid. And, you know, by me just turning up to church every week, you know, just doing everything that I could to get there, God really, um, I suppose, did something in me to position me for the thing that God wants me to do with my life today. So I just want to encourage, encourage you guys with that. And everyone in this room, it's the same thing. Hey, like, just keep turning up and God's going to keep using us. So, so this morning, I'm going to be looking at the first disciples. Um, and if, if you know, know the story that Jesus said, follow me, and that's the, the bit that I'm going be, to be looking at this morning. So Jesus um, talks about following him 23 times in, in the Bible. So Jesus specifically says, follow me 23 times in, in the Bible. And I think that's pretty important that if he says something so many times, We've got to start to look at, well, what does it actually mean? Um, you know, following me was one of the first instructions that he gave to his disciples. The first instruction that he gave to, to his first disciple was, follow me. And today we're going to look at what it looks like to, to follow Jesus as his disciples. And just as Jesus said to Peter, follow me, I believe that Jesus is saying the exact same thing to us follow me, that, you know, we are disciples of Christ. We are his disciples. We are here on this earth doing the thing that, that God has called us to do. Just like, you know, 2,000 years ago when Jesus said to, to Peter, or Simon, who became Peter, and, and Andrew, follow me, I believe today he's still saying the exact same thing to us, follow me. So I'm just going to pray and we're going to... Uh, Get into, get into the message. So God, I just thank you so much for, for this church, what you're doing in this church. I just pray this morning that our hearts and our minds are open and ready to receive what you have for us. I pray, God, that through this message we can get a greater understanding of what it means to follow you with our lives. And uh, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you just have your way. In your mighty name. Amen. 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 Alrighty. So how are you doing? Doing good? You're like... I'm excited, so if, if you're just standing there and just looking at me blank, I'm going to kind of like rev you up a bit. So, you know, so you find the story of the first disciple in all the Gospels. It's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
You know, Matthew and Mark tell the story pretty much exactly the same. That basically the story goes, Jesus walked up to these two fishermen, Simon and, and Andrew, our brothers, and Simon later became Peter. So if I say Peter, that's what I mean. And he said, follow me. This is Matthew and Mark. They said, follow me. And basically, right there and then, they dropped everything and followed Jesus. I don't know about you, but to me, I find it pretty hard to believe. <laughs> that, let's, let's, just, let's just think about this for a second. That some random dude walking along the street just comes up to you and says, Hey, follow me. I'm probably not going to follow him. You know, we talk about stranger danger these days to our kids, and we talk about, you know, not following strangers, and, you know, if someone asks you to, to go with them and you don't know who they are. We don't do that. You know, I'm sure the culture was a little bit different back in the day, but, you know, even just think about the, this as who the disciples were. That the disciples were actually teenagers. You know, they reckon that, they're, they're, that they weren't any older than the age of 18. And I don't know about you, but I work with a lot of, lot of kids, and if some random dude um, comes up to two kids that have just gone fishing and said, hey, Follow me. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they'll be say something around the lines of, um, uh, "How about not?" or "No," or uh, "I don't know you," and they may use some other other language around that. And for me, in my life, I found it, you know, reading this story, I'm like, "It's awesome, though." You know, you've heard messages about the faith that they just dropped everything and just left, and I'm like, "Surely." There has to be a reason why they just dropped everything and left. They dropped everything and said, I'm just going to leave my life and follow this guy that I don't even know. And we're reading this story through, through, the, through the Gospels. And I love Luke because he's like a linguist. He like, loves words. He's written, he wrote like the longest Gospel. There's, um, I think there's 21 chapters in his. And he um, explained this story so well that it helped me understand why the disciples dropped everything to follow Jesus. And this morning we want to turn, turn to Luke um, chapter, chapter 5 and I'm going to read, read this story of how Luke perceived this story to actually happen. So I'm not sure if everyone just knew the story. That's why Matthew and Mark didn't put it in there. But Luke went into detail and showed us why these two young guys dropped everything to follow Jesus. And just a side thought, you know, I'm not saying that um, it couldn't have happened like that. <laughs> you know, Jesus is God. Um, you know, when, when, when we encounter Jesus and our heart knows who that is, it could have happened like that. They could have just gone, I'm just going to drop everything and, and, and follow you because, because you are God. So I'm not saying that that, that couldn't have happened, but, but Luke shows us in this story what actually happened on that day that the disciples, first disciples, started following Jesus. So we're going to turn to Luke 5. Um, and I'll just read it. It says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Great crowds pressed in on him and listened to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. 
Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, who had became Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked all night so hard and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time the nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in, in the other boat over and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Pretty cool. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, son of Zebedee, were also amazed. They were the next dudes that jumped on board. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, remember that, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. And for me, I was like, wow. I like that story. <laughs> I like that story. That makes sense to me. That, that might sound similar to, to you know, our, our conversion. But, you know, these two brothers have been fishing all night. And they came home with basically nothing. I'm not sure if Nick's here today, but I'm not sure if he understands what it feels like to come home with no fish. I think every time, uh, if you know him, he comes home with fish. But for me, I would have been like those disciples. I'm not a great fisherman at all. Um, and I would have come home with nothing. And they were fishing all night, came home with nothing. They were cleaning up and saw this guy who was about to steal their boat. Basically, that's probably what it would look like. They didn't really know who Jesus was. Um, and they're sitting on the shore cleaning their nets. And this guy's about to jump in their boat. And for me, I reckon I'm just trying to put myself in, in Simon Peter's shoes. Um, you know, I like to think about how I could relate to this story, how, what it means to me today. And for me, I would have been like, Hey, dude! What are you doing in my boat? And Jesus said, Hey, can you uh, push me out? Because I want to do some teaching. So they're probably like, Yeah, right. Sweet, we didn't catch anything. Push me out into the water. I like this because it actually brings some, some personal contact with Jesus. It actually brings something that Jesus actually has spoken to these dudes before he actually went out and taught. So they couldn't go anywhere. They were stuck because they didn't have their boats. So basically what I'm thinking about is, you know, they're, they're, they're cleaning their nets and, and they couldn't go anywhere. They were stuck. So they thought, oh, well, we may as well just sit down and have a listen to see what, what this guy has to say. So Jesus taught and um, he, he preached to the crowds and, and did his thing and, and, and did, did amazing stuff. And then when Jesus came back in, he, he came up to Simon and Andrew and gave them a challenge. He said, hey, why don't go back out 
and uh, cast your nets again. And I love how they responded, because I reckon this is how I would have responded. Um, because typical teenagers whinge, right? Yeah? <laughs> Bit of hard work. Um, you know, I would have been like, we worked so hard last night and we caught nothing. And you know what? I just cleaned my nets. Who wants to clean up again? Not me. Um, my mum will tell you that. I, I'm not a great cleaner. My wife could probably tell you better. Um, she, always, she always says, you can put things away, but you have no concept of cleaning. Like, what do you mean? It looks clean, right? But supposedly there's more to it than just putting things in a place where it's not visible anymore. But you know, these guys, these, these, these dudes just responded with a whinge. And they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I worked so hard last night, I caught nothing. And I just had a side thought that maybe when Jesus is challenging us with stuff in life, maybe with a hard work, maybe sometimes that's how we can react. Maybe that's sometimes how we can respond. But that's just a, a side thought there. But we've sort of taken them some faith. We've sort of taken them some... He must have said something that they liked for them to be like, I'm going to trust this dude to go out into the war again. And they obviously, you know, liked what, what he was talking about because they didn't just say, yeah, Jesus or something. They actually called him master or great teacher. So obviously when he was talking to the crowd, they were really impressed, these two dudes. So they went back out and, and did what, what Jesus told them to do. And the nets were so full, they began to rip. They called their mates over to help, who had been listening to Jesus also. They were, they were there. Um, and their boats were so full that they were on the verge of sinking. So these two dudes went from having no idea of who Jesus was to sitting on the shore, or gone fishing, came home, caught nothing, sitting on the shore to be listening to this guy. Jesus said, hey, go out into the water. Amazing miracle happens. And then boats nearly, 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 nearly sink because they're so full of, of fish. So not until then did Simon Peter realize who this guy really was. And I love how, how he responded here because I reckon many of us have responded like this. And you have a look. He fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Jesus, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. You know, who's ever felt a call to be in a relationship with Jesus or, or someone's preached the message and said, you know, encouraging us in our relationship with God and we've encountered the living Christ, but we go, you know what, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough, Jesus. Now, these, these dudes were just normal teenage boys. They weren't these, they were just fishermen. They weren't amazing scholars or anything like that because if they were, they would have still been studying, but they were just working, working the sea. And then right there, Jesus gave Peter the calling and the purpose of his life. It was right there, the first, before they actually went and followed Jesus. It was right there that Jesus gave Peter this, this calling for his life. He said, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Oh, it's, this is awesome. It's, it's getting to make sense about 
how these first disciples started following Jesus. And I hope today that we can, we can get, get a passion and, and an excitement of what it means to follow Jesus. So he gave him a, gave him a purpose and said, you're not going to be fishing for fish, you're going to be fishing for people. And what I love right now is that if you look at it, Jesus was actually in the boat with them the whole time. Jesus went out with them. It wasn't like Jesus sat on the shore, because if we, if we look, it says, um, if we can go on to... Yeah, and as, verse 11, and as soon as they landed. So that means that when Jesus was saying, when, when they're on the boat and he's saying, oh Lord, I'm not worthy, you know, they're in the deep waters. He said, go out deeper. It wasn't like they were just in the little, you know, on the, on the shore fishing for little tadpoles, but they were in the deep water. And, and they're on the boat, you know, Peter's talking to Jesus. He said, Lord, please leave me, I'm too much of a sinner. Jesus is on the boat with the disciples. He's actually doing this thing with them. He didn't just say, hey, go out there and uh, have fun, good luck. But Jesus was actually on the boat with these guys. And there's a whole message just in that. But then it says, and then Jesus said to to Peter, he told him his purpose, and he's on the boat. And just then, as soon as they landed, and it wasn't until all that had taken place that they then went and followed Jesus. I don't know about you, but for me, that is just like, it revolutionizes the way that I, that I look at how these first disciples started to follow Jesus. You know, these guys were just normal kids. They were just like you and me. Nothing special. Nothing that, you know, stood out. But obviously Jesus saw something in them. Just like he sees something in every one of us for our lives. He sees something in every single person here. He has a purpose and a calling for every single person here in this room. You know, he's on the boat with us. He's doing life with us. You know, he's, he's, he's giving us a chance to encounter him personally. And it wasn't until then that they dropped everything and they started following Jesus. So, you know, from this, from this story... I, I just took so you can take so much out of it. There's, there's so many different things that you can take out of this, out of, out of that, out of that little little story there. But there's three things that I just thought that Jesus calls regular people, just like you and me, to be His disciples. We don't have to be anything special. He calls people like you and me to be His disciples. You know, Jesus is revealing Himself to us through encounters with Him. That maybe if Jesus wasn't on the boat, they might have thought they just got lucky. <laughs> maybe they, they might have thought, oh, I'm glad he went back out. That dude was pretty cool. <laughs> but, you know, he was on the boat with them. He was actually, they were encountering Jesus. And while that, through that encounter, through that amazing miracle that, that Jesus did right there for them, that's, I think, the thing that got them over the line to say, I'm going to follow you. You're amazing. You, 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 are, you must be the Son of God. 
And number three, that Jesus is giving us a purpose for our life. And it's when we encounter God, when we encounter God and then we respond, maybe we respond like, like, like Peter did and say, you know what, I'm not worthy to be called your disciple. I'm not worthy to follow you, Jesus. I'm too much of a sinner. I've done too much in my life to come and do the thing that, that you're calling me to do. But I love that Jesus said, you know, don't be afraid. And gave him that purpose for his life and spoke so much into his heart right there, right then, that Jesus is giving all of us a purpose for our life. And it comes through those encounters with, with, with him. And that's why I believe church is so important. That's why I believe youth ministry is so important. Because that's where we can encounter God anywhere, but life is so busy, we get so distracted, we get, we get so full of stuff to do in life, that sometimes it takes us to get out of our world, out of our life, into a place where we can actually create an environment to encounter God. And right there is when he starts speaking stuff into our lives. He starts speaking the plans, the purposes, the callings, the dreams into our hearts. So as I said from the start, that following me was one of the first instructions Jesus gave his disciples. And, and I believe that this is the first instruction that he's still giving us today. He's still asking us to follow him. And we're going to have a look at a second about what it actually takes to follow Jesus. And it's, it takes a lot. <laughs> and, and, I, and I pray today that you can, you can hear my heart in this. I pray that you can hear my, my, um, yeah, my heart for you. That it's, it's not a, a legalistic thing. It's not a, a rules thing. But it's, it's actually a, a life <laughs> that we choose to live. You know, so what does it actually mean to follow Jesus? What does it actually take to follow Jesus? So in the next few chapters of Luke, um, you know, Jesus goes on and, and the disciples are with him. They're, they're, they're hanging around him, doing life with him. They left everything to just follow him 24-7. And um, so he goes on to heal lots of people. He's 12. He chooses. He's, he's 12. Um, pretty soon after, he chooses the 12 people that are going to be life with him. And um, does amazing teaching on, on you know, religious, religious law and, and says, you know, changes the way that, that people think through the Beatitudes and um, revolutionizes what, what people think about, about loving your enemy and not judging people. And he's just giving all these amazing stories and... Um, teaching, I suppose, to, to the crowds. You know, Jesus calms the storm, he casts out demons, he feeds 5,000 people. You know, this dude's like a, like a walking show. Like, he's just walking around, just doing incredible things. Wherever he went, miracles happened. Wherever Jesus was, people were like, this guy is amazing. You know, what's this dude? What's what he's going to do today? I wonder what he's going to do today. Who's he going to heal? Is someone that doesn't have, you know, can't walk, are they going to be able to walk today? Someone has leprosy, are they going to be healed? Or, you know, someone that, you know, a whole crowd of people can't, can't eat, there's not enough food, a boy brings in his lunch and he feeds 5,000 people. Like, you know, this guy was, a, was amazing. 
And I'm sure he would have had a huge following. A huge following. He even predicted his death in that, in that time. And I'm sure that people would have been looking at this guy like, who is he? Is he the son of God? Is he not? You know, I want to I hang around this guy because he's doing amazing things. He, he's fun. Um, I reckon Jesus would have been so fun to hang around. <laughs> been so cool. But in Luke 9, 23, he gets a bit serious. And he starts to look at the crowds that are following him. And I think... I'm not, I'm not sure if you see this, but you know, pop culture just follows the thing that's getting the most attention. You know, follows the thing that, that's getting, you know, look at, at the moment, Adele is, is becoming huge again because she's just released a new CD. Watch, watch what's going on. Like Adele will just be huge in the media for, for, the, next, for the next few weeks. You know, it was Taylor Swift or it'll be someone else. I love Taylor, by the way. Um, it was someone else that, don't judge me, um, that, Matt does too. Um, <laughs> yeah, unashamed, come on. Yeah, preach it. Well, I don't know what I was saying. But, you know, the pop culture, uh, that the world follows the thing that's getting the most attention. And I think right here that Jesus was doing so much, so much stuff that crowds started following him to see what he was going to do, but didn't actually understand the cost of what it was actually going to take to be his disciples. I hope you're hearing me here this morning, (laughs) that we can follow the crowds and we can follow the thing that's going on, but we don't actually understand the cost of what it actually takes to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, to follow him. So I've just written down here, Jesus says something about what it actually takes to be a follower of Jesus. And this is what, uh, and this is where the challenge comes for you and for me, in being a disciple of Jesus Christ. As I said, we're all called to be his disciples, just like Peter and Andrew. You know, and our salvation story might be so similar to theirs. For me, that was just like me. I went down to an event, there was a dude preaching on the stage. I walked with a herb, went down the front. <laughs> he invited me. And I said, yeah, I want to make this decision. And today I'm going to give you that opportunity. If you want to make that decision to, to ask Jesus into your life for the very first time, you know, your salvation is amazing. That's where it all starts. Salvation is the thing that, that Jesus is, is, is giving all of us the opportunity to have. But it's just the beginning. It's not where it ends. Salvation is awesome. But being a follower of Jesus actually takes a bit more. So, in Luke 9, he says this. He says, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If anyone wants to be my follower... You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. So hear me this morning. I'm not up here telling you that I'm not selfish. I'm so selfish. <laughs> my, you know, my kids cry in the middle of the night, and I'm like, why are you awake? 
He's with me. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just sleep? Or, you know, you have to wait in line at Macca's and you're like, Why am I waiting so long for my food? I just want it now. Isn't this called fast food? It's just me. <laughs> um, I'm not up here this morning to be mightier than, than thou or to say that I've got this together. But, you know, this is the revelation that Jesus is, is putting in my heart and it's a challenge that he has for us this morning. This is a challenge for you and for me. That if anyone wants to be a follower of Jesus Christ, we're going to turn from the life that we're living daily and follow him. And I've just got a few things that I'm going to talk about what I got out of that, that verse about what it actually takes to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So number one, it's a choice. You know, Jesus wasn't saying here that we have to. He said if anyone wants to, he's actually given us an invitation. That when something becomes, you know, a law, it might just be many, but I want to break it. Um, you, know, um, you know, when something becomes something that you have to do, we try to find ways around not doing it exactly. <laughs> Annie knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, like the speed limits, you know. Always, my dad always told me that they were, you know, they were a, 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 called advisory signs. You don't have to drive the speed limit, they're advisory signs. If anyone knows my dad, he drives 5Ks under the speed limit. So I took that as, you know what, they're advisory signs. <laughs> I don't drive your kids around and I don't see it, it's okay. Um, but, you know, just to, so what I want us to get here is that when something becomes, we have to do it. If Jesus made it, you know, if we were created, I think, as, as someone that had to be in a relationship with Jesus, we would have found ways around doing it. Like, like we're meant to. It's just our, our humanness. It's our humanness that we just we try to find ways around it to make it easier for us. <laughs> we try to find ways around it to make it suit our lives better. We try to find ways around things that, that make us more comfortable. But Jesus is saying here that it's a choice to follow Jesus and it's a completely different mindset. It's not only you become a Christian, you have to do this. But Jesus is inviting us as a choice, not just for salvation, but to actually become a disciple of Jesus Christ, to become a follower of the thing that he wants to do in us and through us to see this world changed. It's a choice, and it's a different mindset of, of, of thinking about it. But we must choose. You know, I say this all the time, that the choices we're making today are influencing our future one way or another. Every single day, the choices we're making are determining, I suppose, where we're ending up in the future. That if I choose to eat Big Macs daily, shh, I will get overweight, I will get clogged up arteries, and it might be influencing my future. That's a note to self, don't eat so many Big Macs, Chris. But the choice we're making right now, on a daily basis, is influencing where we're ending up in our relationship with God. 
in where, how God's going to be able to use us in the, in the calling and, and, and the purpose that he has for your life. He has one for everyone. And for me, we're on this earth to love God, to love others. Have a relationship with God and show other people that Jesus loves them. That's why we're here. And for me, I want to be making choices in my life to be setting myself up to be in a place where I can show people that Jesus loves them, that Jesus has a plan and a purpose for their life, so that they can also come to know God. You know, that's, that's, that's the purpose that God has given me. He's given all of us that purpose. I'm not saying you have to be preachers. I'm not saying that you all have to be pastors because that's not what God has necessarily called you to in your job. But he's, all, he's called every single person in this room to love others. He's called every single person in this room to love him. And through loving others, we show people Jesus. So it's a choice. It's a choice to be a follower of him. Number two, it's a sacrifice. This is the hard one. Who likes sacrifice? No one put a hand up? Good, because I was going to call you a liar. <laughs> Sometimes sacrifice is good. You know, sometimes we, we sacrifice things, but usually we sacrifice things to get something out of it, right? Like, we sacrifice eating certain food so we can lose weight, or we, we sacrifice certain things so it helps us in our lives. So you know what? This sacrifice isn't only going to help us, it's going to help others. The sacrifice that we're going to make is actually going to change the world. <laughs> the sacrifice that we're making to be a follower of God is changing your schools, your workplaces, your families, this, this whole community. That's what the sacrifice is going to take. And right here, when Jesus said, turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, the people weren't thinking, are they okay with this big wooden thing on my shoulder? <laughs> he wasn't thinking that. Because back in the day, everyone knew what the cross meant. It was the worst way to die. Everyone knew that if you were put on the cross, you're dead. The most public, humiliating way to die on a cross. And what Jesus was saying here is that, you know what, you've got to die to yourself, die to your selfish ways, die from the life that we were living, and live the life that God has for you. You know, the, when, we, when we make the decision to, to follow Jesus, when we make that decision to, to become a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, it says in Corinthians, I've got it, I've got it written on my arm right here. I can't lift up my shirt because the biceps are too big. But um, um, it, says, it, says, it, says in, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.7, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. That the old has gone and a new life has begun. When we make this choice to follow Jesus, we have to make a choice to live the life that we're living behind us. I'm not saying that this is going to be easy. I'm not saying that all the, there's not going to be stuff that we have to work through. I'm not saying that there's, there's not going to be, you know, everything's going to change all at once because it's not. But what I'm saying is that we need to make a choice for the life that we were living Leave it behind and make a choice to live the life that Jesus has for us. Is anyone with me here this morning? <laughs> because this is what it's going to take to see this community saved. This is what it's going to take to see the purpose that God has for this church 
the all-out camp. It's not going to take one person to count the cost. It's not going to take one person to make the sacrifice. But it's going to take a community of believers, a community of disciples to go into all the world and continue to make disciples for Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus sent out disciples many times in the Bible. You know, he sent out his 12 and then he, and he got 72 out and he sent them out and, started, and sent them into the homes and into the communities and, and sent them to go and show people who Jesus was. It wasn't Jesus that did it all. He sent out his disciples, you and me, to make the change, to make the difference in this place. So number one, it's a, it's a choice. Number two, it's a sacrifice, just as the band comes. You know, and in this sacrifice, this is a hard word, and it sounds religious, but we have to repent. Repentance is so, so important. So important in this process. Because God's already forgiven us. When we, when we, when we make that decision to say, I want to be a, a follower of you, I want to, I want to be a Christian. You know, it says in the Bible that God, God casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. But it still takes us to repent. The reason why Jesus needs us to do that is because we need to consistently, I believe, keep coming back to a place where God can keep working on stuff in our life so we can be that new person, live that new life. And I believe that only through repentance, true repentance, that this old life starts to be not the thing that we, that we live in any longer. You know, maybe it's just one thing or a few things of that life that we, that we used to live, that we're still doing. I'm not up here saying that I've got it all together. I don't. I sin all the time. But I try daily to go to God and say, sorry for the things that I've done. I let Him show me stuff, let the Holy Spirit show me stuff in my life that I need to work on so I can continually grow in my relationship with God so I can be that disciple that He's called me to be. Repentance is so important. And number three, it's going to take an action. It's going to take a choice. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take some action. It's going to take us to be the people that God has called us to be. You know, I've got something um, practical maybe that we can try and apply to our life. I read this this week and I thought, wow, this is really cool. It's practical. I'm going to try and start doing it on, you know, in, in my prayer time and, and just in my daily life. And it says this, does your day revolve around Him? As you start the day with seeking Him, as you go through the day serving Him, and end the day with thanking Him. Now we wake up seeking Him. <laughs> We wake up in the morning and it's a choice, a daily choice. Oh yeah, here we live a swimming church. Our salvation is sealed. We're going to heaven. That's not the, 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 the thing that, you know, if we made that choice to, to say, Jesus, I want you in our life, it's sealed. We're a Christian. But there's so much more that God wants from us 
in our life. He wants us to be his disciples. He doesn't just want us to believe in him. He just doesn't want us to, you know, just want him. He, he wants us to. He just, just doesn't want us to. He has so much more for us. And I'm praying this morning that it's stirring something within us to want to do more, to want to be a better disciple of Jesus Christ. Because that's what he's called us all to be. And I'm going to try and do this. Seek him, serve him, and thank him. Wake up in the morning, seek him with everything I've got. What have you got for me today, God? Holy Spirit, show me the people you want me to, to encounter today. Serve him throughout the day. In our, in our, in our jobs, serve him. Just do the job to the best that we can. Serving God, serving our employers, being the light, the love, the people that God's called us to be in our, in our communities. And it, and then at night, you know, thank you for, for the opportunity that we had today to be his disciple. Thank you for the opportunity today of being alive. Thank you for the, you know, the opportunities and, and the amazing things that he, that he did today. And we make the choice, the daily choice. This isn't a one-off sacrifice that we make, by the way. It's a daily sacrifice that we make to put away our own agendas, put away our own ambitions. I'm not saying ambitions aren't great, they're awesome. But that's not the, the thing that we're living for, right? <laughs> we're living for God. We're not living for our ambitions. We're not living for, you know, the, the houses and the cars and the jobs and the promotions and, and all that stuff. All that stuff's amazing. But that's not what we're living for. We're living for God. And it's a, a daily sacrifice and a choice to do this. I don't have time today, but I was going to show us in, in, in John um, about how when Jesus came back and, and, and you know, Peter had denied him three times, that, I might tell you, <laughs> Peter denied him three times, Jesus came back and appeared to his disciples, and they were out fishing. I love this. And guess what he did? Tell them to cast the nets out. <laughs> they caught heaps of fish and they went, wow, it's Jesus. <laughs> now the exact same way that Peter started in that walk is the exact same thing that Jesus did to show that I'm still here, you're still called, doesn't matter what you've done, what you're going to do, all I still want you to do, and guess what he said to him, the last thing that he said to Peter, follow me. Wow. First thing he said, the last thing he said, follow me. So this morning, I just want to sort of finish up by asking you today, what is it going to take for you personally to follow Jesus? Not for the person sitting next to you or the person you're thinking, wow, they really need to hear this message today. Um, I do it all the time, by the way. <laughs> but what is it going to take personally for us to follow Jesus with everything we've got? You know, let's make the choice, let's make the sacrifice, and let's do the thing that he's called us to do with our life. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We 
hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.